I find what, what doesn't work in this like Pinterest way of assembling something together <laughs> is that you yeah. just don't feel how it actually yeah. is to be in this space, totally, which is not yeah. something that you just experience with your eyes, but with your whole being. And your yeah, whole body. Yeah. Images hijack our minds mm -hmm. or hijack our process. And mm -hmm. suddenly I've got an image of a certain kind of table or a certain kind of mm -hmm. grape arbor or something. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I'm defending that when it's like, it's not about um, that at all. It's about what, what are the experiences? What are the things we want to happen here? And let's let the actual happening of them show yeah. us what the images need to be or what, or what the you know, actual shapes and forms need to be rather than doing it. We do it completely upside down. It's like, In theater or performance, this way of like fooling around of experimenting is, super known and acknowledged and mm. very obvious in a way it's very yeah. obvious that it's a moving emerging thing with land i find that the there, there is more of a haunting image of land being something stagnant and something to look at that doesn't move yes and i feel there's yes. some some like mind shift work to do maybe to say mm. land and place is as moving as moving bodies it's it's in a flux constantly Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast. This is episode 43. My name is Dan Palmer, and today I'm going to share the second of two wonderful conversations I've enjoyed with a new friend, Anna-Lena, who's based in the south of France, a village called Le Loup. We've gotten into the pattern of having a weekly check-in where we swap experiences and then we reflect together on the topic of living design process and what Annalena calls dialogue with place. I'm delighted and grateful to have happened across Annalena and to be enjoying her as a, as a dialogue partner. I'm struck by the resonance in so many um, aspects of how we've come to look at and speak about these topics. I'm really loving the opportunity to, to have a recurring place to practice the fine art of really getting into resonance around these topics and letting, um, letting different perspectives and different questions emerge. I hope you enjoy the chat and I'll check in with you again and update you on some latest news at the end. Great to see you again, Annalena. Hey, Dan. And um, it's time for our, well, it hasn't been quite weekly, but approximately weekly check-in to see how we're traveling in, in, the, in the realm of our adventures and experiences with living design process or dialogue with place or whatever, whatever we want to call it. Yeah, I think it has been two weeks. So maybe uh, our material to think about is even richer. Yeah. Yeah. Two whole weeks of, of experience as well. Um, do you have an impulse as to whether you'd like to go first or? Um, yeah, I had quite, quite interesting weeks because my focus had shifted a little bit in, in the sceneries I'm working with here. I think in the weeks before, I was a lot on the plot of land that we're tending, where we are growing vegetables and where we are beginning a food forest. And I had just begun to, to work that food forest by taking plants out of the forest, like native plants that grow in the forest here, and transplanting them and seeing how they do in this slightly new environment, but still basically around the corner. So I started to build this food forest with things that are already here. And then my attention was drawn more to, to the village and to the village place itself. And I think in, in some ways, this also has to do with living design or with dialogue with place. So I would like to speak to that. Tell me more. Um, so what I saw in the village or what happened in a way is that through, through Corona, a lot of 
a lot of house owners that usually come in the summer don't come. So many, many houses are empty at the moment. We are maybe 20, 25 people in the village and the rest is somewhere around the world. And meanwhile, I have many friends who would actually cherish to be a time here in the mm. village, in the countryside and work land-based. Mm. I think for a lot of people or for a lot of my friends at the moment, they search for an opportunity to have their hands in the soil and to do, to do something on land or in the garden. And I was obviously thinking, how could I make that possible? Especially looking at the many, many empty houses that are here. <laughs> yeah, you're scratching your head. <laughs> and, and can you just tell me approximately how many houses are there in total? So there's 25 people that are houses that are yeah. occupied how many houses are sitting empty roughly i think at least 30 20 wow. 20 30 yeah, houses yeah. that okay. are empty yeah. including important houses and maybe these are the two houses that i would actually like to speak of today mm -hmm. um there's a former um magazine newspaper tobacco shop at the mm -hmm. entrance of the village at the road that was kind of like a bypassing place where you could get something but also living place of a couple nelly and roger as i found out later and then there is a former school there was a primary school here in in the village and um, also this house has been transformed into a living house and is now empty and now these houses are are for sale and i began to contact the owners and say could you imagine to use this place differently could you imagine to rent it out for half a year could you imagine to allow an experiment to grow here that might bring life into the village or that might actually enliven the place, which I feel, even though we're, I'm speaking about houses, this is about being in dialogue with place or being mm. in dialogue with the village. Mm -hmm. And then what I'm meeting and what I'm puzzled about and what I may be bringing to this weekly reflection is that there's not necessarily so much interest in that because it, is, it involves to enter a dialogue which involves work in a way and yeah. to have an, to have a house empty is no work at all to mow the lawn completely like to just cut everything basically that's growing is no work at all you don't need to make a distinction you don't need to discriminate anything mm -hmm. so now that i'm basically coming with a proposition and say hey why couldn't we grow in your backyard a food forest or could you imagine to rent out this house half a year for young people who would be interested to start something here this involves something that not everybody is interested in. And I think I'm sitting with this conundrum of seeing lots of places that might host new life and somehow needing to make these, these fantasies or these ideas in an appetizing way visible to the <laughs> property owners yeah. who are basically nesting or sitting on these properties without using them, which is their good right. I don't want to say, I don't want to make a political argument. I just wonder how to make experiments in land-based experiments attractive for house owners or for mm. a landowner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really juicy, rich topic. And have you have you has have you actually had a response from any of them, or or have you had any thoughts about how you might shift the the receptivity or approach the conversation in particular ways? Yeah, maybe it's good to go back to the um, magazine and tobacco store. Okay. So I had phoned with them half a year ago and they said, no, no, we just want to sell it at a moment and we don't want to do with it, uh, anything with it at the moment. And I thought, okay. And then I got more curious, hmm, how could I enter a dialogue differently? And then I called them and I said, oh, could I just visit it? And then um, we made a date and I invited a couple of people to the visit. So I invited the mayor to come with me. I invited two friends to come with me. I invited 
um, a very inspiring women from the village to come with me and I invited a young architect to come. So we were a team of five visiting this building and beforehand I had just thought like what could this place host or what could this place be and I thought it would be amazing to have a cafe here or a collaborative atelier because we have two artisans in the village. We have a potterer and we have a woodworker. Mm -hmm. So then as we were there, I was starting to speak about these things and people picked that up and said, ah, yeah, maybe it could be something else. And then we met afterwards. And during the visit, I had taken some photos, some photos of the, of the remains of what this place once was, this magazine tobacco store and this living place. And yeah, basically started to, to experiment. How can I visually make a fantasy visible and bring it into conversation? So now we actually already met somebody from the region who says, ah, oh, maybe we have funding for such a project. And we're now next week meeting somebody from, yeah, somebody else who's, who's spreading the funding for exactly these projects in the region. But I think my, my current exploration is how to do this process of like coming from a, from a dead end road, like from a dialogue mm. with a property owner that is a dead end road, basically yeah. a no, yeah. to creating a small opening. And what is basically my, let's say my artistic, my artistic work in this, through photos, through drawings, through mm. fantasies, through speaking, mm -hmm. to make visible what I imagine, what somebody else might not imagine. Oh, that's, that's so beautiful. Yeah, to, to, to make visible possibilities, do, do, potentials to the point where things may actually head in a different direction. This is exciting. I'm curious to actually ask you how, how you do that in your practice. Yeah, I, I, as you were talking, I, I was reflecting on how a lot of the work I do is around what you might call being arriving at a dead end or what, what seems like a place someone's um, not willing to go or something like that. And often I'll have a sense that, that the reason they're not willing to go there is maybe worth them re-examining, that there, there may actually be some value mm, and some yeah. excitement and some possibility and some potential for them to go in that direction. So what the way, well, the way I think about it these days, probably partially because of the influence of Carol Sanford's thinking on my own, but is, is around, around a positive role of, of disruption. Mm. So, you know, how, how clear can I get to the base of this resistance or reasoning or the idea or the story or the assumption or whatever? And, mm. and then in a gentle way is my approach, but how to d disrupt that, you know, to, to mm. poke and prod it a little bit and, and see what's underneath it. And, and then really it's, it's what I think of as a living design process. You know, what, what are the forces at play here? What really matters to you? What really matters to other people that might be in the mix and are there any possibilities for new forms new configurations new directions new relationships mm -hmm. to the property or whatever it is that might excite people yeah yeah now that you, now that you say what are the forces at play here is one thing that i started to look at is is there a force in what this place has been before for mm. example this tobacco magazine store it was a place of gathering and social contact which we don't have in the whole region could this be revived or this old primary school? It's a huge building with lots of space. Can this host courses, for example, mm. Can this host people who are here to make an apprenticeship or to learn. So to somehow dig into what has been growing there yeah. and to enhance that quality rather than to say, we're making a complete new something out of this, which I feel yeah. often meets more friction. 
mm-hmm. like this. Let's do something completely new. It's also it's exciting and it brings up anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I feel if you're if if I'm able to pull out something that was already there and make it stronger or grow, yeah, it 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 needs less work against the grain. That's it. That's beautiful to hear you arriving that or, or thinking about that. I, I really, something I love about what I call living design process is that constantly you're working with things that seem like they're irreconcilable separates or they're, you know, they're in mm. conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of them, mind, body, beauty, um, function, designing, implementing. But one of them that's really important is that, is that between conserving what's already there and creating something new. Mm. And often mm-hmm. those things too are at heads. No, no, we need to keep thing, everything exactly the same and conserve mm-hmm. the heritage and the legacy and the, mm. the past or out with the old and with the new, we need to just bulldoze the place and build a new, whatever, a new mm-hmm. postmodern architecturally designed. And, and any, to me, any process that's alive is doing both simultaneously. You know, it's simultaneously yeah. conserving and honoring and, and you know, listening to and being informed by true, true and deep aspects of, of the history of the place. And, and in mm-hmm. particular, the, the bits that are alive or had life and have beauty and, and some of that life and beauty has often become latent. And also, mm-hmm. how could things develop or change here in a way that creates something new that hasn't existed before, but that is in pure, you know, pure resonance and conversation and harmony with that? And yeah, like you say, if you can, if you can hold the conversation in that way, it can, it can, it can reconcile both of those, because there's there's a reason for both, right? There's a reason to mm-hmm. not change things too much. That can be risky, um, and there's a there's a reason to 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 change things because the world's changing fast. So how can you? reconcile those two forces at play and, and find a way of, which it sounds like is the sort of thing you're doing here. It's beautiful. Yeah. Intending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. T- making experience. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's beginning sound for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, just, just raising, becoming aware of possibilities and breathing life into them and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which regardless of what happens on any particular project is a wonderful skill to be exploring and developing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I'll look forward to hearing yeah how how it develops from here. And how are you doing? How's how how are your two weeks or what was what was interesting about them? Yeah, two weeks. It's been a really full intense two weeks. So much is happening. There's there's one thing that floats up to the top from today and maybe we'll come back to that because the, the other thing that's been really prominent the last two weeks is Part of a, of a living design process for me is the process of working with myself or others to um, support me or them or us to articulate deep intention and to focus and get clear on the purpose mm-hmm. of a task or a project we're engaged in or, um, or what matters most to us as a family considering a different direction or whatever. And I've realized that that's work I've done for a while. And I actually use the name holistic decision-making for a particular mm. approach to that. And a lot of people have been reaching out. So in the last few weeks, I've been working with two, two, two different couples who are, who are interested in um, buying some land. So we're starting there. Let's, let's, let's go deeper than the goals or visions you might have right now and actually explore the deep underlying intention and, and what defines quality of life for you as a family. So that as you move forward and choose land and develop it, mm-hmm. you can do it in a way that enhances that and doesn't create unintentional tensions on conflicts and also with an individual's permaculture business. And I've realized that aside from them, there's a huge upsell, up, up surge of, of interest in people because coming out of the first wave of coronavirus, mm-hmm. so many different people have been disrupted and they've, they've 
realize things they hadn't realized before and, and considered different possibilities. And so they're really interested in make or they're considering big decisions. And so the opportunity to reflect deeply on what, what, what am I, what am I doing with my career or my life or my land? And, and I sense something different is possible, but I'm unsure how to move forward. So that's been really interesting sitting with that energy and feeling that in, in myself in my family as well as mm. others. So I'm just finding different formats and ways of making some of that work accessible and sharing it with the world. So that's one thing that's very alive at the moment. Can I, can I tell you the other thing or did you have another question? Yeah, please. No. So the other thing um, which has been really alive for me today is that I was out consulting on a 30 acre property with two beautiful a young family that become really close friends and um, we're, we're engaged in a full blown living design process of transforming their, their living situation their home and surrounds on this 30 acres from a pretty stark, barren, lifeless, uh, dusty, glary, wind-blown, fire-risk, dry you know, situation, like a, a, a place that had a lot of tensions, to something that's really quite extraordinary and already starting to feel there's aspects of like a little, creating a little mini paradise or, or, or just mm-hmm. organizing the resources in ways that are enabling things to be shifting. And that's been beautiful to be part of. And we had another session today every, every several months or sometimes six months. I, I go back out and we, we focus on what they're going to do next. And the thing that really hit me in the face again today is that they work as performance artists. And they, they've often remarked that, oh, this stuff you're doing with us, Dan, this living design process, this is what we do anyway. This is, this is how we create plays and um, uh-huh. you know, performance art. And so on, because so, and it happened again today. But then, then it's almost like I, I still have to. I don't, I don't have to, but I come back and I say, well, they were talking about this, this outdoor living area and dining and maybe a bathroom and how that might work with laundry and so on. Trying to sort of figure it out, figure it out on a piece of paper and, and in a conversation. And I could see that they were both kind of going in different directions. It's just, it's just so clear to me that what we need to do at that moment is just walk outside into the actual mm. space and then start to image life working there so okay let's come back to access and and with a bit of sensibility about where we focus our attention so how how do you where do people park where do they walk into the house and where else are you head out that way okay so these are definitely access paths so these are going to stay open right now you've been talking a lot about entertaining outside and having guests over so tell me out of of this whole area obviously it can't be on the path so it has to be here here or here somewhere where would you put your big table where would be the most beautiful satisfying Mm. place to sit which they can do, you know, it's like, oh, well, we'll be here. And we, and he grabbed, someone grabbed a tank and turned it upside down and we moved it around and that resolved itself pretty quick. Okay. So it's, that's going to be somewhere there, right? Okay. And okay. Now you're also going to be preparing food and, and, and cleaning vegetables. How would that work? Where, where would, where would the bench be? Where would the sink be? Oh, okay. Well, you know, we want to be facing the table so we could be in conversation and we could see the kids playing behind and so on. Okay. So we'd probably have to be, about, you know, and, and by, by living it, and mocking it up in three dimensions at a one-to-one scale in the actual space, it's just so fluid and easy and, and obvious. Mm. And it just falls out almost effortlessly when you can really struggle to try and resolve it in your mind and on a piece of paper. And the other thing is just not needing to go too far. It's like, okay, so we've resolved the table's probably going to go here. These are going to be passes where, where this is going to be. What you need to do next is move some of this clutter. There's some structures in, in the way. Get that out of the way. And then invite some friends over and put a piece of wood on some crates or something and put a gas cooker and cook dinner for your friends and sit down in that spot and let the actual experience of doing the thing you want to do here mm, shape and beautiful. craft. You know what I mean? 
and it's so it's kind of it just it just hit me again today that it's so simple in a lot of ways and so obvious and yet it's so easy not to do that you know which, yeah which i find is, that that very very juicy and interesting how to how to come from a place where where you sit inside and you think you speak about the same experience to actually find a setting in which one can experience something together mm. and then speak about this experience and i feel this really has something about um yeah about perception like sitting inside and speaking above a table is a little bit speaking about the mental representations of what we once have perceived and then you go through your mind like would this be good to eat would this be good to eat but I feel in, in, in comparing these different perceptions, this is often where dissonance comes up or mm. where, where an argument comes up. Whereas when I, when I take you by the hand and go outside and we together experience, are there shadow, there sun, ah, this is actually a contained area or this is a bit too open to actually feel cozy here. And yeah. then I can say to you, do you also feel that this is too open, too shady? Or do you also feel that this is actually a place where I want, want to host? This is where then dialogue happens for me. So I, mm -hmm. I find that interesting, like the settings that are necessary to create a dialogue about the actual experience of place rather than speaking about an experience mm -hmm. and actually coming not to dialogue, but to comparison or argument. Yeah, or to debate. Yeah, 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 beautifully put. Yeah, and, and you, as you alluded to before, what, what can happen in that being separated from the experience conversation is that, as a friend of mine puts it, images hijack our minds mm -hmm. or they hijack our process and mm -hmm. suddenly I've got an image of a certain kind of table or a certain kind of mm -hmm. grape arbor or something mm -hmm. and suddenly I'm defending that when it's like it's not about um, that at all it's about what what are the experiences what are the things we want to happen here and let's let the actual happening of them show yeah. us what the images need to be or what or what the you know, actual shapes and forms need to be rather than doing it we do it completely upside down. It's like, oh, well, we need a table like this and a thing like this and a thing like that. Exactly. We're going to cram them together. And oh, it doesn't feel very good. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Yeah, and, and this only works with like the visual sense. I, I think what happens when you actually go outside is that you engage with all senses. Mm. You mm. suddenly get a feeling for the temperature in this place and how the light falls and mm. how the yeah. soundscape is. And I find what, what doesn't work in this like Pinterest way of assembling something together <laughs> is that you yeah. just don't feel how it actually yeah. is to be in this space, totally, which is not yeah. something that you just experience with your eyes, but with your whole being. And your yeah, whole body. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the way Christopher Alexander has written about this, about how it's just simply, even if you're a genius or, or you have the most powerful computer program in the world, there's just no way you can anticipate the multi-dimensional, multi-sensorial reality of you know the actual real thing happening and 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 all the complexities of of being a human being experiencing life in that spot because like you're dining and on the one hand you want to not be too far from the from the other adults and be able to hear each other you also want to see where the kids are playing and if the, one of the kids would have an accident you want to be able to get to them pretty fast mm -hmm. and if someone's got the toilet you don't want them to walk right through the house you know there's all these things that you just you can never anticipate the full rich complexity of it and yet they're all waiting to reveal themselves to you as you as you act, you know, act it out and, mm -hmm. and, and bring it into reality by, by kind of li li living it, experiencing it, you know, moving away from the images. So that, that's really great. It's exciting for me to hear that you've, that, that you've had these reflections yourself. Yeah. I think I just, um, that's something that comes from my time of working with, with architects and more urban places, but this, this mindset of experimenting with, with a place rather than planning it and then constructing it, but to have a very low, yeah, low cost 
experiment of what one wants to do, like an eating area, and then to actually invite friends and eat there and mm. see how that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I'm le- I'm leaning into it more as I go along. Actually, like I'm I'm actually becoming a bit of a I don't know if say a rebel or something, but these days, even if someone says, Can, could you just do a diagram or a sketch, a design sketch? I'll, I can't, I'm kind of pushing back mm. a bit more than I used to and say, no, let's, let's meet on site. We'll bang some stakes into the ground and label them with the trees and, mm. and then maybe we'll take a photo and um, that can be a design. Um, I'm now reminded that you began this, this part of the conversation by saying that your client said, oh, this is a little bit like we do performance art. Mm. Um, and I wondered if you want to come back to that and maybe say how in what you just described this process, how that relates for you to performance art or maybe yeah, what you saw. Yeah. Which is not my world, but from what they've explained to me, it's like, hey, Dan, like they call me Dan Palmer. Hey, Dan Palmer, <laughs> this, is how we, this is how we design a, a performance. They do a lot of work with all different people, a lot of young people from the community, and they don't approach it by master planning the, perform- master planning the performance. They, they have some deep kind of, intentions with what they want to be true of the performance and then they just start to fool around you know and just start to just to kind of move with each other on the stage or in the, the training space and um the studio and whatever it is they're often on the street um and see what happens and what resonates and what works and how how do all the unique different people involved how how do how do their life their previous experiences and their impulses in the moment how mm-hmm. can they come together in unique ways and oh that resonated that worked let's talk about that. Did that work for you too? Great. Okay. Let's, let's see if we can weave that into the thread. And so it's a discovery process, not a, not an expert planning the whole thing process. That's my understanding of what they mean when they say, Hey, this Mm. is, this is, this is, this resonates with how we design. So it's quite funny that I'm in a position of them being really intimate with this process. I'm just helping them say, do what you do Mm. at home as well. Like just, just apply what you already know in your your body it's just another domain in a way huh yeah like it's yeah. just another domain to work then with that what i find interesting is that in theater or performance this way of like fooling around of experimenting is super known and acknowledged and mm. very obvious in a way it's very yeah. obvious that it's a moving emerging thing with land i find that the there, there is more of a haunting image of land being something stagnant and something to look at that doesn't move yes and i feel there's yes. some some like mind shift work to do maybe to say Mm. land and place is as moving as moving bodies. It's, it's in a flux constantly. It's nothing to be represented, planned and looked at. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Relearning to see it as, as this fluid emerging, evolving, alive thing. Well, and just in the, and being captivated and excited about that. Mm. I remember a quote, um, Carol Sample was quoting one of her mentors, Charlie Crone, and he was saying, if you don't see the world in process terms, you don't see the world and relearning to see, mm-hmm. yeah, life happening everywhere, things changing and unfolding when sometimes we can fall into that, oh, this is just, you know, it's, what, there's nothing to see here. It's just a mm-hmm. boring flat piece of land with a few trees that are barely moving in the breeze or something. Mm-hmm. Seeing it, like turning it into a static image, like basically in our minds, mm-hmm. turning it into an Instagram post, mm-hmm. <laughs> missing out on mm-hmm. the, Mm-hmm. On all the life and the energy, the fluctuating energies that are that are there, waiting for us to discover if we if we open ourselves up to them. Yeah, I find the the angle of approaching this through performance art very interesting. Mm. I find mm. that you're on onto something original, right? I, I notice that I have more curiosities of what this this one sphere holds for the other. 
I find it an interesting way of thinking about it in a way of like working with practitioners who usually work with moving bodies and with people who do theater. But then to see there is also something for land art. Mm, oh, totally. Yeah. There's actually, there's a member of one of the, I host a community of, we, we gather online every six weeks and, and a bunch of supporters of making permaculture stronger. We have these kinds of conversations as a group, it's about 15 of us. And one of them is named Han and he's from Amsterdam and he's, he has a performance, a, a, a dance background mm. and he's been amazing in bringing this very reflection. I'll have to send you actually some of the comments he's, he's shared really powerful stuff. And I get so much from it. And he, and he talks a lot about, he's done a lot of work in the, there's, there's kind of, it's like, it sounds like a kind of a radical improvisation approach to dance where you, mm-hmm. where you're just alive and in the moment and the dance reveals itself moment by moment. There's no pre-planning at all. Um, mm-hmm. There's a whole kind of field of dance and, and how that relates to what I call generative transformation or, or the mm. moving away from fabricating or planning up front to, to, to having mm. a living form generate itself in real time. Yeah, it is, it is, it is super rich. Yeah. Well, I find that interesting to, with what you began the conversation with, which was deep, deep intention. Mm. And to, to hold that together in a way, like to have a deep intention and to then let go and to come mm. into a mood of generative unfolding. And I find this is where it often gets juicy for me, where it's neither ho- having a deep intention and clinging onto it bit by bit, but also not the complete free fall, mm. which I mm. sometimes find less rich than it is said to be. Um, yeah. But like this, this play with a deep intention and then to see how it can unfold moment by moment that I find rich. Yeah, 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 fully. Yeah, I love that. That um, it's kind of sweet spot where where the intention is there and and yet it's not prescriptive. And it, 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 I like to think of it as the DNA, you know, like the DNA in a mm. seed that enables a, a unique form to this particular oak tree or whatever it is to emerge in in converse, an intimate conversation with the forces at play in the soil and the sun and the wind and all that kind of thing. And it still turns out to be an oak tree, but a totally unique. Um, oak trees and and, and mm. so it's non-prescriptive and non-master planned in a way that does stem from a from a particular mm-hmm. um in, in theme or intention yeah mm. wow this is this has been fun this has been fun yeah we've kind good of cracked into some you. good stuff we 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 had we had a, a prior um sense that maybe we'd have about 10 minutes in each direction but i love the fact that that itself is is a kind of a an upfront plan that we're both happy to let go in the moment. If, if the conversation, that would have felt incredibly inappropriate to impose a arbitrary time frame on a conversation just as it was getting going. Yeah. I think what I like is to, to say we're beginning with one of our experiences, but then we're also truly responding to each other. Mm-hmm. I start, yeah, I start to enjoy that, to hear from, from your practice in a way what, what is relevant for my practice and to also to answer you in a way freely. I experience here yeah yeah it's great love it working for me which means we'll have to do it again i think so (laughs) (laughs) well thank you very much i'm gonna go and enjoy our evening meal with my family yeah you're gonna you're gonna continue with your day exactly have a good end of the day yeah i will and i'll see you soon see you soon bye then well wasn't that great i i so enjoy these these conversations look forward to many more and i'm still figuring out how to kind of how they're going to relate to the podcast moving forward whether i intersperse them with other episodes i've got a bunch that have already recorded and a lot booked in with a diversity of amazing guests or i set up a separate stream um i'll figure it out one step at a time 
this one, as I'm sure you'll appreciate, was so relevant to so much of what's being explored lately that I could, couldn't not share it. Now, in terms of latest news, there is a lot going on. There is a lot going on. Maybe I'll tell you a couple of things, aside from lots of active uh, design processes where I'm continuing to explore and experiment with a lot of the ideas we've been um, dipping into together. I, um, I've, well, what's happening? The podcast is going strong. I, I've, I think I might have mentioned that I recorded my first interview with David Hongren. We're going to have a whole series of them. Um, him sharing the, his historical and eventually current journey uh, with permaculture design process. And wow, it's a really, really exciting, rich stuff. I can't wait to start releasing those. I'm also a lot further on in my email exchange with Alan Savory, founder of Holistic Management, speaking of interchanges with um, founders of global movements. <laughs> Seems to be a habit at the moment. Alan's really, really generous. He's, he's, I'm, I'm asking questions and he's replying in great depth. And so I'm looking forward to sharing that at least as a blog post. I might see if he's up for actually recording. He's got poor internet connection in Zimbabwe, but if he's if he could audio record his um, answers to my questions, then I could record the questions and put them together into a, an episode. So we'll see if that eventuates. I'm, I'm catching up with Joel Glansberg in the next week. Uh, recorded a conversation this morning with Emma Morris from New Zealand, a, a colleague there. And um, anyway, lots more happening with the podcast. I'm really putting some serious effort into the book at the moment with a few wonderful supporters, collaborators, Finn Weddle from Edinburgh and James Andrew, uh, Andrews from New Zealand. Let me know, by the way, if you're interested in being part of that team, bringing the, make, the first Making Permaculture Stronger book manuscript into the world. I'm really benefiting from a lot of stuff I've been learning over the last few weeks from Carol Samford in terms of how to how to write, how to how to think about writing, how to use living systems frameworks to structure a book. And I'm, I'm totally reworking the the book rather than just being an assemblage of, of past blog posts. It's going to be a, a whole different thing. The tone's going to be entirely different. And hoping to make it really accessible and compelling and friendly as I share the story of my journey inquiring into different aspects of permaculture design process. So hopefully there'll be some interest in that. I may consider some sort of crowdfunding thing at some point to raise a bit of cash to pay for professional illustration, uh, potentially editorial assistance or whatever else. I don't know what's involved in publishing a book. You tell me. If you, if you are a person who knows about that stuff, seriously, get in touch and tell me. I need to know. And I need to know soon. I'm hoping to knock this thing off this year. Um, well, that's probably enough latest news for now. Yeah, I'm, my energy's, I'm feeling great about the project. You know, the, the, this whole thing seems to have really great energy and I'm enjoying all the emails people are sending through. I mean, just, just in the last week, a guy named Matt, Matt Elphick from Sydney, shared a presentation where he'd drawn on the concept of generative transformation and some of the charts and, and whatnot that I've, I've been um, developing um, and using those in a permaculture education context. So I'm really excited to to see some of these the ideas that have cropped up on this little project kind of fluttering out into the universe and hopefully bringing value to different conversations and projects. Anyway, this has been quite a long, what's it called, a out, outtake, end bit. And so I'm going to stop now and I'll see you soon. Episode 34, catch you there. No, episode 44, catch you then. Thank you.